My name's Red, and I want to tell you about Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spinoff show where we talk Transformers all the time and every time. I'm Mike. I'll be your host tonight. And joining me tonight is... Hey, what's up? This is Derek. <laughs> it's a hideous fusion of Derek and someone else. Yeah. <laughs> my, my worst enemy, gingivitis. <laughs> Derek and the, the personification of gingivitis, yes. Yeah, so we're going to be doing a sort of, you know, what we usually do on comics, motherfucker, can you read them? But uh, we're we're doing it on Transformers Tuesdays this time, uh, like a spinner rack issue where we, you know, we pick some old Transformers comics that we purchased either off the spinner rack or somewhere other than a comic book store and uh, talk about them. And uh, for the most part, that for me, at least that like limits me to like original Marvel issues I got from my cousin or were purchased for me or like generation two, which I did sometimes buy off a spinner rack, but I, I want to kind of save generation two for later. Yeah. So we, we each picked a, a issue of a Marvel comics, a us to discuss tonight. And I will start because mine is in a, what do you call it? We were going in chronological yeah. order. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is Marvel Comics number 25, or 26, I mean. The first appearance of The Mechanic. And uh, yeah, it was first published in November of 1986. Writer Bob Budiansky, penciler Don Perlin, inker Brett Breeding, colorist Nell Yamtoff, letterer Janice Chang, editor Don Daly. I, I think... My cousin, this was a issue I got like from a batch of comics my cousin bought for me because he knew I liked Transformers. And I, I got this one and like, you know, I was happy to have it because I think I, I've mentioned before, like I used to like getting the earlier issues of Transformers because I, I felt like they would have characters I was more, you know, accustomed to at that time. Yeah, this was one of those issues. I mean... It's not it's not one of my favorite issues, but I just have a, you know, a soft spot for it because yeah, I remember fun, reading fun it. Yeah, it. As, yeah. As as a kid and it has some for, moments in it. Yeah. For for me, too, this is this is a spinner rack issue. So, I mean, at, at bare minimum, I mean, you know, whether I poke fun at the mechanic or not, I mean, this is this is one of those covers or comics i guess that uh, kind of as justin says i mean i i have a replacement for it now that i'm holding you know for my my current spinner rack but the the copy of it i originally had like i think the cover was coming off because it got detached from the staples and like the the it was you know it was red you know you know as as the back to the bins guys like to say my original copy of 26 was whipped to shit you know like that's 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 how it was. So, I mean, I, I totally relate to that that element of this. Yeah, um, I know I have a physical copy of this somewhere, but it's probably pretty uh, ratty at this point. Like, like I, I probably got it in like 1991 or 92. 
the the story title is funeral for a friend exclamation mark i guess i might as well read the wiki summary because it's not too bad ratchet has worked non-stop for the last 10 days to repair the fallen optimus prime at last his work is finished and before the assembled autobots within the ark he flips the switch to send a power surge through optimus's body but to the grief of all, no spark of life returns to the Autobot leader, and Ratchet declares that Optimus Prime is beyond repair. Omega Supreme arranges a variety of heavy armaments remotely activated via a remote control power booster rod to defend the Ark so that the Autobots can carry out a full funeral service for Prime. Ratchet chooses to stay behind rather than face another of his failures. First Aid leaves him with some words of comfort and encouragement before departing with the other Autobots. Alone in the Ark, Ratchet pays a morose visit to the Ark's life support bay, despairing that he lacks both the parts and the equipment to effect proper repairs on the many offline Autobots stored there. Gazing on Prowl's inert form, Ratchet decides to stop moping and be more proactive about repairing his comrades. He drives to a nearby used auto parts junkyard and begins scavenging parts to fit his patients. While he works, however, a nearby police sting unfolds as the police attempt to bring in the head of a stolen car ring who calls himself the Mechanic. Hiding in ambulance mode, Ratchet is discovered by the Mechanic and his assistant Juan, who promptly use him as an escape vehicle. Forced to aid the Mechanic lest he blow his cover, Ratchet is pursued by the local authorities and in an effort to evade them, he uses some of his Autobot weaponry, namely his cryogenic sprayer and a laser scalpel, on the pursuing vehicles, hoping that the Mechanic, paralyzed by his crippling fear of the police, won't notice. The mechanic does indeed notice and see the power of these weapons and removes them for his own use. The two thieves return to their home base garage and begin examining the strange ambulance and discussing what to do with their find. Ratchet finally decides he's had enough, but when he transforms and attempts to re retrieve his surgical instruments, the mechanic uses the cryogenic sprayer to freeze him solid. Deep in the Cascades, Omega Supreme lays Optimus Prime's body in a funeral bear. After a heartfelt eulogy from Perceptor, the bear is launched into space to return to the cosmos. When Ratchet thaws out, he returns to the Ark, only to be followed by the Mechanic and Wong, who hope to follow Ratchet to the source of more Cybertronian weaponry. Before Ratchet realizes he has led the humans right to the Ark, the Mechanic has stolen the power booster rod from the Ark's defense systems in addition to Ratchet's weapons. Using these devices, the Mechanic injures Ratchet and reactivates the Ark's automatic defenses so the Autobots are prevented from offering assistance as they return from Optimus Prime's funeral. Crippled, Ratchet drives off into the repair bay doing what he can to restore his fallen friends with the junkyard parts. The mechanic arrives and is on, in a, is on the verge of crushing Ratchet with a piece of machinery when a police car arrives. The terrified mechanic flees, never realizing that the police car is actually the partially restored Prowl. The mechanic escapes with the power booster rod and Ratchet's tools. Ratchet deactivates the defenses and ends the assault on his comrades. Outside, he and First Aid take stock of the damage, nothing too serious. His spirits lifted, Ratchet reflects that he's had no time to think about the dead. He's too focused on helping the living. So yeah, this is um the aftermath of uh Optimus Prime killing himself over a video game. Like yeah. uh yeah. So 
And it, like this is this is pretty typical of like Bob Budiansky's like style. Like you would think that like you know this issue would be like you know in the in a like price guide it would be like the funeral of Optimus Prime or whatever. But instead, like the funeral takes place almost entirely off panel, like except for like one page. And the whole story is about, you know, the mechanic and like, you know, his attempts to uh, gain more power and like, you know, and Ratchet's kind of Ratchet's kind of struggle with, you know, his failure to repair Optimus Prime and some of his friends. So, I mean, it's very typical, like Bob Budiansky used to love one off like human characters, like, you know, getting involved in the, you know, Transformers war. And I mean, some of it, some of that is like, you know, fun. Like I I can look back on this and appreciate what he was trying to do. But I remember at the time reading it, I was kind of annoyed. Like I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like this mechanic. I I don't give a shit about this. Like, yeah, especially back at the time, I think my thought was even if it was ratchet, you know, my, my thought was wait, so he gets a couple of Ratchet's scalpels and this human being can take down a Transformer. I mean, I, I you know, I, I guess I would be a hypocrite because, I mean, I not not that I've seen any of these, but, you know, the, the, the whole notion of all these human beings, you know, mowing down Transformers in the Michael Bay movies is anathema to me. And, and this would be one of the, you know, the seed kernels of something like that right like so so i think my gut reaction was the same as yours like how how is this guy so ridiculously lucky you know that he gets the right wrench and the right you know scalpel to cripple ratchet and everything you know but you know looking at it now though like like that's something that i i guess i i had not realized but it's like that moment where he he zaps ratchet's legs and he's crawling away with oil spill like that's to me is i i guess it's extremely humanizing and for a transformer you know for this era of of transformers that are being you know penciled by don perlin where you know for all intents and purposes you know it's it's the old joke right these are all a bunch of boxes right but for for a moment right the the box is bleeding right and that that gives you this this notion of i don't know it, to me it, it it makes them a little more real a little more human like they they you know ratchet is is in genuine peril at this point so i mean i can appreciate that from a, a storytelling point of view and and you know how that you know I don't know, it escalates the, the tension, right? The Autobots are about to get blown away by their own self-defense systems. And here you've got this hobbled doctor just trying to figure out what to do, you know? But I, I don't know, it, it's weird. It's like it's like one of these things where the the mechanic, I guess now is in a long line of characters, you know, like, like what you're talking about. Budiansky loved writing guys like, Donnie Finkelberg, who becomes, you know, robot master or whatever, like that notion. And I feel like they're all of a similar breed that go on to be what homaged or honored or whatever in Transformers animated, you know, like like that, 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 that had the same kind of blowback. Right. This whole thing of like, wait, the Autobots have human supervillains like what? Like like I, I remember there was that apprehension or that that rejection of that, you know, like we want to see. Autobots fight Decepticons, not a bunch of goofy, 
you know, super villain types or whatever, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I sort of see both sides of it, I guess, at this point. But, you know, and, and it is interesting that, like what you're saying, that this is supposed to be like, this should be this epic funeral issue, but really that, that there's about, you know, a page or so that, that deals with the funeral, right? Per se, right? Which, you know, it's it's a nice page. But, I mean, again, like, they, they didn't know too much about transformers at the you know what i mean like the 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 story you know i guess you could attribute some of it to early installment weirdness but you know that you know obviously there's no mention of a spark that you know they they rocket prime's body into outer space you know it's kind of like shooting spock out in a photon torpedo tube it's like okay like what what do you he's just they're just gonna shoot him out there and that's it you know like I, i you know i don't know like that's that that's something that's kind of you know, heretofore unexplored, right? I mean, for the most part. I mean, because it seems like everybody else, they just kind of kept in the arc in little chambers, right? So it's like, even if he's dead, like, you know, Ratchet scrounging for spare parts at a at a old junkyard, but it's like, maybe Prime would have some parts that could fix Prowl, or, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe Prime could useful in that sense like I don't, I don't know like maybe i'm crazy but you know there's there's that there's that aspect as far as the storyline again like i said this for me is a spinner rack thing so i i have that you know sensitivity to it in that manner i mean this was something where i was like trying i was i was actively doing my best to follow transformers on a spinner rack and everybody knows that it's not it's not easy to to get consecutive issues at a spinner rack but i managed to do it for a little while especially with Transformers and G.I. Joe. Something else that's kind of of interest as far as as early as last year, the the cover for this went on sale at Comic Link. And that was one of the things that I one of the auctions I paid attention to. Of course, I do not have five grand to spend, but that's what it ended up going for. But I just but I just thought that would be of interest because, you know, the the thing that I thought fascinated me about it is I, I know if you don't have a I, I, I sent Mike a little link so he could see what I was talking about. And if you're not logged in, you can't really see the 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 high bids and all that kind of stuff. But the other thing I thought was interesting is, you know, that it that, that doesn't have, you know, a lot of covers. They don't have the trade dress or whatever. So it's interesting just to see, you know, it's just the Herb Trimpy cover with the mechanic and all the Autobots, you know, laying on top of one another. But it doesn't have, you know, the 25th anniversary, you know, upper left hand you know, logo or the, the introducing the mechanic and all that stuff like that was later statted in or something like that. So I, you know, I don't know that that was something of interest too. that, you know, I thought, you know, cause it was like the, the two covers that came up around the same time was this and, um, Transformers 67. And that was the Jim Lee one. And that went for like, I want to say like 35 grand or something crazy. So it's like, this is the, the lesser of the two, I suppose, or, or at least in terms of cost at any rate. Yeah. So, so that, you know, uh, unfortunately now getting originals of stuff is not cheap. This is definitely something that I was nostalgic over where, where, when I saw that cover, I was like, Oh, cool. Like I, I will watch this just to see if there's the sheer possibility. It's something that I could, I could try to obtain, you know? That's cool. Yeah. Like, I know, like, and that's just because Budiansky likes to focus on the humans doesn't mean he doesn't like write good transformer stuff. Like I yeah. think, you know, the, the characterization for a ratchet here is really good. 
And like even like Prime's funeral scene, like per- Perceptor's eulogy is pretty good. Like, and uh, it's funny because it's like, did Perce- like did Perceptor even meet Prime? Like, you know, in the Marvel comic, it's like mm. they just got to Earth like not too long ago. So, well, they, they, there but. always seems to be that weird like notion that that even though Perceptor and Blaster and that crew they just got to Earth, it's not like they're newly forged characters like they've been fighting the war on cybertron for you know millions of years too so i i always took it as they 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 knew prime from before and if you if you look at some of those early you know what, what is it the the secrets and lies and all that stuff i mean that 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 if, if you're if you're using that as some kind of canon right like that that seems to hold true right there were just because you didn't see these guys doesn't mean they weren't there fighting the fight and that they didn't they didn't cross paths with with prime you know but before issue one right yeah yeah that's like i that's that's usually what i assume too but it's just odd if you're going just by like you know the comic it's like Mm -hmm. you know it it seems like uh you know perceptor and blaster had never met prime before because they'd never you know interacted with him but but no I, i mean it's fine it's just it's just a funny you know their wheeljack is still operational. You would think like someone who came on the arc with like Prime would give the eulogy, but yes, you know, but you know they've got they've got new toys to sell. Yeah, yeah I know which, it's true. Which which why why they're focusing on Ratchet? Who knows? But but Woody loves Ratchet. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like like he, he Ratchet always comes back in these stories, right? Because that's that's a that's a good go to. So he was able to. I, I think I think because he pushed for getting ratchet that the, the probably the, the trade-off was, you know, Hasbro or who, whoever, you know, was in charge of these things was like, okay, well, you gotta, you gotta do all the other new toys at the funeral. You know, like that's, I mean, if you, if you, if you notice, I mean, it's like, it really is. It's like the, the opening scene when they're all in that, uh, kind of, uh, it's almost like they're, they're, they're at a college watching, a a professor do a medical procedure, you know, and they're all in the the rafters, like looking on, but like everybody who's looking on for the most part, I mean, it's like, you know, it's almost all the new Autobots except for Wheeljack and maybe Jetfire, if you count him, you know, but then, I mean, everybody else, it's the Protectobots, the aerial bots, and then the, the season two, you know, guys or whatever you know so it's like that basically i mean you're led to believe except for ratchet and wheeljack what everybody else is offline pretty much like that's that's the kind of vibe you get you know yeah and i mean some of these characters some of those characters will you know show up again like out of nowhere like but but yeah, then I, I did always have a fondness for this issue since like Ratchet brings like Prowl back. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that always jumped out at me as a yeah, kid. I figured I figured this was that was one of the, the main reasons why you you sort of connected the most because it's like technically Prowl is the 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 hero, the deuce ex machina, you know, like he, he's the one who who, uh, you know, unwittingly uh, drives off the mechanic. And it's like the mechanic like has some kind of I don't know PTSD over police sirens or some shit, you know. So, yeah, you know, it's yeah. Kinda... They say like is his Juan, his assistant, says like, "Oh, you did like eight years in the slammer or whatever, so yeah. like you don't want to get caught again." Like, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I picked this issue basically because I have like, you know, nostalgic feelings for it. But I, I do remember it not being one I reread a whole lot. Like when I would, you know, I'd take a stack of comics with me to, you know, go eat something or whatever. And like, you know, this was not one I reached for very often. But I mean, you, it has its moments. What, what do you think about the conversation between ratchet and first aid like like do you think that's saccharine or do you think there's there's something like there's some verisimilitude about it no I, I think yeah i think they both have good points like okay. you know i think i think it and it's a you know it's a through line from like the you know the beginning of the story to the end where you know first it's like hey just remember like you know we can't save everyone like you know mm-hmm. it's just you know it's just the way of things. And like, I mean, technically you would think that like first aid is like talking, like, you know, he's experienced this before, even though technically like he should have just been made like not too long ago, but right. You know, right. I don't know. Maybe, you know, some of these characters have like fully formed like personalities already, but I don't like, well, it always felt like to me, like, like you could get away with saying like the aerial bots and the stunticons are like newborns i guess because they're all kind of like naive and like you know young feeling i guess but i always felt like the protectabots and the combaticons like especially like in the cartoon obviously the combaticons had been around the block like they had existed before so and like the protectabots all seem like they're like experienced and stuff so it's kind of weird sometimes like expecting like you know treating them as like newly created guys yeah, yeah, I mean, and in in some sense, it's almost like uh, uh, what's the right word? You know, a senior talking to their their you know colleague or something like that, and you're like thinking to yourself, first aid is Ratchet senior, really? Like, like that doesn't seem to track. But then it could just be a professional, you know, one professional to another giving him a a reminder and a pep talk. I, I feel like there's other layers I thought of while I was reading that because there, there there's the, the straightforward aspect to me, the meat and potatoes aspect where, you know, the, 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 you know, the NBC, you know, the more, you know, life lesson that ratchet learns from this experience and, and, and from first aids words, you know, is, is focus on the now focus on the living. Like don't, don't get caught up in the grief and the death because you can't do anything about that. And that, I mean, you know, to, to some degree, when you look at that straightforwardly, you, you kind of go to yourself, yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. You know, but then then the, I, I, I just kept thinking about other things where I'm like, you know, doctors, doctors are not infallible, right? They're human, right? Like they're people, too. Right. So so just like Ratchet has has his doubts and fears and 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 regrets and everything like that there, there's bound to be really good doctors out there that feel bad that they couldn't help every single patient but then i'm sure there's doctors out there who give two shits right like it's just a job it's just you know and 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 you you, you wonder like how 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 far the the needle do you go in one direction or the other right because because if you get to the point where it's like ah, i just gotta focus on the living right like what what if what if the living definition is like people that they can actually save and what if like prowl was considered quote unquote not living where he's like please 
please help me. And he's like, eh, you're not living. I got to focus on the living. (laughs) And it's like you start you start wondering about that kind of stuff, too, where it makes you feel like and I know they weren't trying to tackle this in the issue per se. But but it, it made me think about that where I was just like, you know, there's probably some some folks where it's just uh, uh, you know percentages and a bottom line and you know just you know th- this kind of um, pessimistic outlook that I think um, permeates itself you know throughout uh, uh, you know I don't know modern thought or whatever you know where every everything's just numbers and you know they're, they're not people right but in in this sense like I, I think it, it 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 is trying to espouse you know a, a pretty decent message. But but I hope, it, you know, to, to me, it could easily have been, you know, I don't know, t- turned on its head, which it wasn't. But I, I, I just, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, at least I don't know, the, the, the ending's interesting, right? Like he's he, he he's not ready to say goodbye to Optimus yet, but he's like, I've been busy, you know, helping the living. Right. And you're like, OK, I, I, I can see where they're coming from with that. I mean, it, it's it's heart is in the right place, I think, you know, but it's to me, I always feel like I don't know. The, the more I thought about it, the more it's like the, it's a pretty fine tightrope to walk. And and I guess maybe this is this is praise for Bob Budiansky because, you know, the, the, the comics that they wrote back then, you know, like they, they were pleasing a lot of different masters, whether it's, you know, Hasbro or or, you know, Marvel Comics or or what have you. Right. But then they also have to sort of please, you know, make it good for the audience that's reading it, but also maybe make it a little adult for, you know, some other demographics and this and that. So it's like that, you know, I, I appreciate that they could put as much, uh, arc character arc into this as they could. And then they, they also kind of wanted to, you know, put in a, a decent message in it, you know, as far as, you know, I guess, focusing on the the here and now as opposed to dwelling in the past right so that's i mean uh, ultimately that's that's probably a good thing I, I i think sometimes people get to um you know like who knows like 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 you said if, if you were complaining about modern stuff you know it might turn into this melancholy thing where you know ratchet would be woe is me for six issues and you know whatever so i mean it, it definitely wasn't wasn't that right yeah and I mean, I think bouncing Ratchet off first aid is like a you know a good move, obviously. And I think like you know people like James Roberts would like take inspiration from this, like you know for more than meets the eye, where Ratchet and first aid have a similar like sort of relationship as fellow medics. Yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense. They they would be part of a an, an exclusive clique, right? Like I mean, it, it maybe maybe uh, Perceptor and Wheeljack could get in on that a little bit but but i mean they're they're definitely the medics also in this um uh, what do you call the the whole thing about optimus being shot off into space i mean that will come into play like almost Mm -hmm. to to the time of your issue basically like you know you know it'll be the crux of like matrix quest that like you know when simon Furman's got to do a little fudging where he's like you know i think optimus says like in one of those like in the 60s he was like you know oh like what was me like i didn't tell the other autobots that the matrix was an actual like physical object in my chest and they just Mm -hmm. shot it off into space or whatever like I'm like, maybe maybe you should have thought about that before you blew yourself up over a floppy disk. Yeah, that's I all. know, right? Like, like yeah. yeah. Best leader ever. Best leader ever. 
<laughs> no, well, there, speaking, there's, speaking there's, of it's, that, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's nice. I mean, the 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 I I like that um that page where where uh, Omega like places his his corpse in the little rocket and everything. That's a nice that's a nice page. <laughs> it's like later for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> a corpse relieving corpse blasting off like you know it's like hey wait a minute like that that funeral thing is like backwards and like the the funeral like the coffin like shoots backwards and into a mountain or something like (laughs) well i i guess so hey everybody i'm paul spataro i don't know if you know me but i'm a regular on back to the bins along with my friends dr bill robinson hello and mr scott gardner hey how's it going Andy's been asking us for a promo for the show for the longest time, and Bill has been writing it for the longest time. Bill, you got that promo written yet? Uh... Okay, so, anyway, what we do is we review three comic books. We try to do it every week. Usually it's a Marvel, a DC, and a Captain Canuck book for Scott. So, tune in every week. To back to the bins to listen to our show you can find us at two truefreaks.com but speaking of optimus prime being a somewhat dicey leader uh like i i'm pretty much done with this issue do you want to move on to yours or? yeah yeah sure sure we we can move on to mine so we're jumping way way into the the far-flung future of marvel transformers this too was a a spinner rack issue for me it is transformers issue number 70 the cover date was September 1990. The on-sale date was July 24th, 1990. The cover price was $1. The story title, The Price of Life. Writer, Simon Furman. Penciler, Andrew Wildman. Inker, Stephen Baker's Basker? Baskerville. Stephen Baskerville. Letterer, Rick L. Parker. Colorist, Nelson Yamtov. Editor, Don Daly. We open on the horrific image of a fused hybrid of the Autobot Ratchet and the Decepticon leader Megatron. Recently locked onto by a probe and teleported onto the Autobot spacecraft, the Ark, the poor creature tries to speak Prime's name. Prime! When Cup walks in, he only sees the Decepticon half of the creature and draws his laser rifle. The Megatron arm punches Prime while Cup opens fire. Nightbeat stops Cup, pointing out that their comrade Ratchet is also tied to this misshapen mess of a Transformer. Nightbeat surmises that the dimensional portal must have somehow fused them together. The hybrid then piles into all three of the Autobots, knocking Nightbeat and Waverider out. As ARC security officer, Cup makes the case that the hybrid should be destroyed. Prime countermands Cup, wanting to save his best friend Ratchet. As Prime searches the ARC for the hybrid, he wonders if he was wrong to condemn Grimlock. After all, Grimlock only did what Prime himself is now doing, risking everything for a friend, be they Ratchet or Grimlock's fellow Dinobots. We transition to Grimlock on Hydra's 4, sacrificing his comfort to seek out Nucleon for his Dinobots at the Meta Center. Although his guide gets lost, they stumble upon a decayed robot defending the well of Nucleon. Grimlock transforms, and after dodging some laser fire, chomps off one of the robot's legs as a T-Rex. 
Back on the arc, which is six minutes from Earth orbit, the hybrid creature has attacked the target master SureShot and is tearing up the engine room. Cup tells Prime that his crew are already unhappy with his decision to surrender to Decepticon Commander Scorponok when they arrive on Earth, and that many would not protest if Cup invokes the Crisis Act to relieve Prime of his command. Prime takes the blaster from Cup and smashes his way into the engine room. Prime defeats the hybrid, but cannot bring himself to become its executioner and lowers the blaster pointed at the hybrid's face. However, the ratchet half raises the blaster back up to its own forehead, begging Prime to kill it. Back on Hydra's 4, Grimlock sails on a sea of pink ocean with the deactivated bodies of his fellow Dinobots. After fighting off a robotic underwater creature, Grimlock finds himself ashore on the island of Faroof. He meets a small, pot-bellied robot that warns that Nucleon is not a cure, but a curse. Grimlock tests the Nucleon on himself, and when he finds he feels more powerful and not harmed, Grimlock decides to use the Nucleon on his fellow Dinobots. Back on the Ark, the hybrid is now unconscious in the Autobot Metal Lab. The Micromaster Medical Officer fix it, tells Prime that the two can be separated. But in order for the procedure to be successful for Ratchet, Megatron must also be saved. Dun dun dun! While his crew look on with disdain, Prime's order, Prime orders Fix-It to carry out the separation procedure. Do it. And that is the issue for Transformers 70. Of course, the cover proudly proclaims the ultimate underline Autobot slash Decepticon team up because Megatron and Ratchet are fused together like the monster they are. And they're holding up, of course, a, a human sized must be the biggest piece of like construction <laughs> loose leaf, loose leaf paper that there is in the world that says help us. This uh, it, it's not the same thing, but I feel like it is similar to my experience with the Saw Viper in G.I. Joe in that for the most part, and I've kind of explained this a little bit, but I, I faithfully followed the Marvel Transformers comic for a really long time. But shortly, I'd say uh, a few issues after issue 50, I kind of just got burnt out on it, just like Bob Budiansky kind of got burnt out writing it. And I did not follow Marvel Transformers for a really long time. And there were a couple one-offs here and there where I dipped back in, like because I saw the Jim Lee Galvatron cover and things like that. But this was the issue that not only got me to pick it up and read it, but when I read the contents of it and saw Andrew Wildman, and this may also be something that I've delved into before as well, but this... I mean, this transformed how I saw Transformers, you know, like this, this to me was not the, the Jose Delbo or the Don Perlin type art. This, this was something where I felt like not only was the story extremely emotionally charged, but to, to me, I mean, the, the only, I, I can only use similes and, and analogies to explain, but to, to me, Andrew Wildman was like the 
Kevin Maguire of Transformers. You know, like they they were so personified. They all had these genuine expressions of horror and fear and anger and distrust and 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 happiness and sadness and and all kinds of things. And, you know, anger and fury and and all that stuff. And and you know, the, as as we like to say, you know, the spittle, the 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 clanging, the 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 loose parts. You know, uh, you know, to to use the vernacular, these were not boxes, right? Like the, these were, and and if they were boxes, the boxes clanged and had spittle and had had uh, you know uh, parts flying when they clanged into one another and everything. And it it just completely, you know, they could, you know. Grimlock could be trudging through a sewer and have, you know, just all kinds of crap all over him as he trudged through the sewer. So, so there's, I, I, you know, I don't know. I can't, I can't sing enough praises about this because this, this upended how I perceived how Transformers could be portrayed, I guess, and, and, and was always a big deal to me. And and I guess you know from from here on in I I I tried my best even though the the issue run numbers were getting lower and lower and I still missed some issues but I I basically tried to follow this to the end of the run which was issue eighty and then I went back and tried to fill in the blanks in that time and obviously you know wrestling MicroMasters wasn't the same thing but you know I discovered things like Jeff Senior and the Matrix Quest and all that other stuff and kind of you know filled in the gaps and you know, kind of understood where, what had come before with, with Simon Furman's run. But this was the one that, that sort of kicked it off to me. And it was, it was definitely something I want to say, I'm trying to remember now, but I think, I think this was a 7-Eleven that I got this in, although it might've been a quick stop. It's hard for me to remember these days, but, but it was, it was probably one of those two, but this was definitely something I got off a spinner rack and just seeing that kind of horrific image of ratchet and Megatron fused together and everything was, was definitely a game changer. And then, you know, the, the interesting thing about it was it wasn't a, you know, a bait and switch thing. It wasn't like, cause to me, I think the reason why the Jim Lee thing didn't do it for me was because the, the, the cover of 67 was awesome, but the interiors were kind of the same old, same old. So I had assumed like nothing had changed since I left. You know what I mean? Like, like I just thought, oh, this is the same old hat, but they put a nice, a nice cover on it. But when I read this, not only was the cover something that I was like, holy shit, this totally stood out and made me, made me pick it up. But the interiors were by the same team, and I just thought they were fucking outstanding. You know, so it was like that was, th- that was something that just basically, as long as it was going to be like this. I, I was gonna I was gonna keep following the title. Yeah, this is actually one of the few issues past issue like maybe sixty that I actually got my hands on like in back issue bins. Like when, once I you know usually I, I would get earlier issues, but then like you know once I realized oh all the later stuff was supposed to be really good too. Like I, I 
that it was right at the beginning of them starting to get like rare and stuff. So I think I got like issue 69 and this one, like from a back issue bin from one of my like, you know, local comic stores. And I don't think they were that expensive and they probably like ballooned in price, like only a few years later. But yeah, I, I have a lot of memories about this, this issue in particular. And like, I remember like one of my fondest memories of this issue is that I'd be reading it on the couch or whatever. And my mom saw the cover and she's like, what the hell is that? Like, you know, like that, that's how like sh- striking like this cover mm-hmm. is. It's like, you know, it's got the fused opti- uh, I mean, uh, Megatron and uh, Ratchet. And like, you know, it, it's, you know, what it, it, if you see it, you like stop and exactly have that reaction. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, ugh, like, ugh. like, you know, it's, it's nightmarish. It's like, you know, it's disgusting. Like it, it's just in, and, and then, they like like you said they diffuse that like nightmarishness and disgustingness with that <laughs> big ass leaf like loose leaf <laughs> paper that says help us like and i think that's like hilarious like that's a great cover like it's all it's yeah. it's works so well but, but yeah otherwise this is one of my favorite issues of marvel like us in general like it's got you know drama it's got high stakes the ongoing narrative is moved forward with like grimlock on hydrus 5 like searching for the nucleon And then, you know, Ratchet and Megatron. I mean, this isn't selling toys. There's no fused Megatron and Ratchet toy unless you put your Megatron and Ratchet in a microwave or something together. Like, so, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure Justin could regale us with stories about uh, fusing Ratchet and Megatron. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, this is all drama, all plot. Like, and you know, at this point, you know, the book probably wasn't long for the world at this point. But like, you know. Simon Furman was, you know, doing exactly, you know, whatever he wanted to like forward the story. And I mean, there's there's a lot of elements he kind of like, you know, swipes from like old like sci fi movies like The Thing and The Fly and stuff like that where, you know, but, uh, you know, it works like I think like, you know, the and Andrew Wildman's art makes it work like it's so like you simultaneously are disgusted and revolted by that creature. And also like, you know, it's, you feel really bad for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It it, it evokes pity as well. Yeah. You're like, but then man, that's, it might be Megatron, but it's also ratchet. Like, and you know, when, when, when it, you know, Optimus puts the gun to its head and he, like, he can't go through with it. And then the creature takes the gun and puts it back to his head. You're like, Oh, holy shit. Like, you know, this is something like the, the, the blues. Yeah. Uh We're like, I, I like, you know, I, 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 I will say, too, I, I think the, the lettering can't go un, unheralded because I, I think I think my favorite is when when the hybrid, you know, when the Megatron ratchet hybrid bangs into all three of the Autobots. And I love the the, the dialogue because it, it's like the Autobots, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, so like that's. That's that's well, no, no, I, whenever I read that panel, I think like, you know, when Megatron screams die Autobots in like the movie, like when he's about to shoot mm. Ron. But like, you know, you just think of it like all slurred and like, you know, what? And I mean, you know, this is probably a prime example of no pun intended. Prime's like hand wringing nature. This, this like is this is this is full on Hamlet Prime. Like this yeah. is this is the textbook fucking definition of of Hamlet I, Prime. I mean, I I'll give him a pass for the most part for this issue just because this is a legitimate like yeah. moral 
no, like, no, no. This, this is like, this is this is this is this is legit. Uh, but I mean, this is this is textbook. Whereas I, I think, and and there's a lot of legitimate, you know, uh, cause for dilemma, right? Like that, like this is a moral quandary, right? So so he, he he he, you know, you you can give him a pass for being hammering you about it because you're like, well, it it is a moral quandary, and he's trying to to adhere to his responsibilities as a leader and a commander to to his entire crew but then he's also trying to you know be a person who can you know save his friend as well right so so that's fair but i but i mean i think i i think there there are plenty of other moments where the the quandary is not quite as serious or or deft or you know whatever you want to say so it's like that that's why i can i can certainly poke fun at it in other instances and i like you know obviously grimlock's one of Furman's favorite characters so like i like grimlock's adventures on like hydras five or four with his little like stupid little guide or whatever yeah. like that's always that's all funny like why me bother like i you know I, I like you know Grimlock's speech pattern is like like you know they kind of it seems like eventually like like Grimlock spoke normally in Marvel comics for a long time and then like Bob Budiansky started making him talk like you know more like cartoon Grimlock and then Furman kind of embraced that and came up with like his own kind of take on like cartoon Grimlock where you know he still speaks with the me and whatever but he he's still intelligent and stuff so you know, it, it, it you know, it, it, Furman's like speech pattern for Grimlock is a lot more, I guess, distinct. I mean, to me, it's 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 the the variations of Hulk speak. You know, some people make Hulk sound like an idiot and he says stupid things and inserts the word Hulk in front of it. And sometimes it's like there's tons of exposition to be delivered and Hulk's the only one who can do it. So you stick Hulk in front of the exposition and he goes to fucking town where he's like, Hulk, think this the most budget friendly meal available, you know? And you're just like, wait, what? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like, Hulk, but you know, it's like that. That's kind of how I take Grimlock speak. Like sometimes it's like me Grimlock, like SWAT fly. And you're like, okay, that sounds like Grimlock. Uh, me Grimlock think, is it more important to run faster or run longer? Scientists often debate this, but me, Grimlock, think otherwise. You know, and you're just like, wait, what? I also really love that scene where Cup, like, calls Prime out for, like, you know, surrendering yeah. to the Scorponok. And, like, it's, a, you know, it, it's it's a really tense scene. And the reason it really works is because... Even at this point, like, you know, some of these new guys, like, you know, some of the like, you know, later year characters, like the headmasters and the you know target masters and power masters and whoever else. It's like they most of them were under Fortress Maximus's command. Yeah. So yeah. they don't have like a built in like, you know, they may be loyal to Optimus Prime, but it's not like it's like Ironhide and Prowl and like Jazz yeah. and those guys. So it's like you don't know how those guys are going to like swing if Cup says like, oh, who thinks Optimus should remain in command? And like, you know, you get all those like kind of almost menacing shots oh, yeah. he, like yeah. regards I mean, like this, get, get away is, and highbrow and like all those this, guys like this is one of those legit moments where you know they the, the he's he's calling his fitness for command into question and 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 you can see that that especially all the recent decisions have been building up including this one 
and and no one is fucking happy about it. You know, like there's there. I mean, some people are kind of like, you know, unhappy, but and and maybe they have the same pity or empathy that we as the readers have to this hybrid creature. But there's some people that are just straight up pissed. Like this is dumb, man. Like this guy's wrecking the engine room, and you're sitting there, you know, hemming and hawing over it. This is bullshit. Like you got to worry about, you know, the rest of us. You know what I mean? Like, and it's very palpable. You know, the 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 sense of the room. You know, like and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's great because that that's the kind of thing. Like like I think the reason why I love this so much is it. It 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 blows the stereotype out of the water. You know the 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 boxes thing. The how are we supposed to relate to robots? Like they're just robots. They don't have any feelings or what whatever that stereotype is. Like this issue just takes what we already saw this whole time with with Marvel issues or the cartoon or whatever. And I I defy any motherfucker to read this and tell me. That that you don't you, you don't this doesn't evoke any emotion in you. You know what I mean? Because because it's all it's all there on the page, the expressions, the you know, and 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 the great thing about those moments is I mean, yeah, Cup has dialogue and Prime has dialogue or or Fix It has dialogue with Prime, but it's like those those the the crew, like they don't they don't say a word. It's all, you know, enough said snake eyes, silent treatment, but you know what they're fucking saying. I mean, they, 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 they don't have to speak it, but it, man, it, 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 those, those images, that's why I tried to say like, he's Wildman's like the, the, the Kevin McGuire. Cause those, those images of, of those disgruntled Autobots, you know, like that just, it, it, it just speaks volumes, you know? absolutely like this is this is peak wildman i'd feel like and mm-hmm. like and this is this is the first issue that uh wildman is like inked by uh baskerville so like okay. i mean this is this is like if you look at that, 69 that yeah yeah like 69 looks it's still wildman drawing but it's way different looking than this issue and this this team is like the team you know yeah so. yeah this team is this team is outstanding like on on in terms of of the the transformers like this is the, yeah it's just something that it brought me back to transformers and 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 i can't i can't say enough nice things about it because it's it's just it's just great it's it, like it's hard to like uh, since i have you know we both obviously have such like you know unadulterated love for this issue it's hard to like you know when we don't have any criticism it's hard to like you know say anything other than it's great like read it it's great like right right yeah I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to, I mean, cause I, 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 I mean, if I, if I was going to bear down and, and, and have some kind of criticism, it's like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, well, these, these trials that Grimlock has to face are not exactly stupendous, right? Like they're kind of generic, right? Like these, these, I don't know, I, it's not quite an alligator. It's some kind of sea transformer thing is or whatever it is, you know, like that pops out of the water and these 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 you know this this island of misfits that's that's you know i don't know warning them about the the dangers of nucleon you know don't don't do nucleon you know whatever <laughs> type thing or don't do guy. nucleon kids yeah yeah, yeah. which yeah. which is funny since 
by all me by all rights, like Furman should have been like promoting the Nucleon. Like mm. you know, the, this is the this was Action Masters were the you know the hot new thing. So I mean, he should have been like obviously Hasbro was like you know oh you're still doing Transformers that's great kid like you know <laughs> whatever like right. but. Well, I mean, I, I kind of remember like around this time because because I bought this like then then that's I started looking into like what Transformers were available and everything. And I I, I got all those action masters and I, I, I got some micro masters that were on clear on clearance at KB and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that definitely I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding when I said I was I was out, you know, and when when I say I was out, it wasn't just the. You know, I, I think by the time those issues of the Marvel comic had come out, you know, there 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 was barely any new Sunbow cartoons, if at all. And 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 I was done with the comic. There were no new cartoons. It was like probably probably what those those uh, reruns with uh, Tommy and Power Master Prime. I was probably like over that. But that's probably if anything was playing. It would have been stuff like that, you know, where it's old tired shit with with new bumpers and stuff like that. And then, you know, and, and, and as far as the 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 product line, you know, the toys, right? Like I hadn't I hadn't bought a Transformer, I don't know, since like the the probably the, the headmasters era or whatever. You know what I mean? So it was like or, or, or maybe like the Power Masters era. That was probably the last ones I really you know, like Power Master Prime and Darkwing and Dreadwind, like around issue 42, you know, like that, that was the last time the comic got me to engage with the product line. And then, and then thanks to this, I was like super engaged in the comic and everything. And then, you know, I mean, and, and that was at a point where I, I could, I don't know, I was not an adult, but I was a teenager and I, I could, I don't know, I don't know if afford is the right word, but I, I could, uh, have the focus to be completest with that, you know, so I, I did hunt down all the action masters. And then after that, I tried to find some of the, the micro master sets that I could find that were on clearance. Right. And that was, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, I don't know, investing money in a line that was soon to be dead, I guess, but I, I had a lot of fun doing it. You know, I, I loved it. Another, another thing that always struck me about like Grimlock's like, you know, subplot in this, like, when he kills like the alligator thing, like he's kind of disgusted by it. Like, and I thought that was like a sort of, you know, more of like Furman's like injecting of some like maturity, I guess, into mm -hmm. the storytelling where, you know, he says, oh, what a waste of life that was like. And you would think, you know, late eight, well, early 90s, like, you know, it's like anti prime anti-hero like territory. So, you know, Wolverine would kill that thing and never think twice. But Grimlock actually, you know you see like, you know, why Grimlock has at least some kind of moral center too, at least. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess to be fair, I mean, I'm sure there were those moments with, with a, you know, Wolverine when he was written well, where he's like, look, I don't want to do this bub, but you know, I, I got to pop my claws if you give me no other choice and that kind of thing, as opposed to, you know, the, the, the kind of guest appearance one shot Wolverine who was like, you know, I kill people, bub. And Captain America's like, uh, you're kind of a nut job. You know, like that, there's a difference between when 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 it's like the the Wolverine that's like, I'm tired of fighting in the Incredible Hulk. Whereas, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, with Peter David writing it, as opposed to the guy who's just like, all right, I'm popping my claws and waiting for Blob to fall on them or whatever, right? So there's, and and in this sense, I guess, you know, there, there's there's a lot more layers to it. And it's funny too, because, you, you know, the, I, I always feel like, you know, even in like looking at potential synopses to either, you know, swipe or steal. And I, I just ended up sort of writing my own basically. But, and, and one of the main reasons was because I just felt like, you know, a, a lot of people describe Grimlock in this as, oh, Grimlock's ignorant. He ignores the warnings and, and dumps himself in the nucleon anyway. And I just kind of went, well, that's not, that's not really what happens. Like, like Grimlock listens to the guy and then he tests it on himself. Like, so it's not like he just, if he was going to ignore the guy, maybe he'd just dump slag and all those guys into the nucleon and say the fuck with it. And, and that to me would be ignoring it, but he tries it himself. And then he goes, Hey, this was pretty fucking good. I don't know what these guys are talking about. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do it for the rest of my Dinobots. Like, cause I feel pretty fucking great. Like, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't see the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, consequence of you know them not being able to transform which ultimately i gotta say doesn't really turn into a hell of a lot of a consequence really right like they're you know the who will join me to be faster stronger and whatever you know like <laughs> right like so i mean it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal either the grimlock need to sell new product <laughs> stupid guide yeah stupid guide make way time to sell new product <laughs> it's like you know there's like the guide and then there's like another guide and it's like some hasbro exec and he's like if you go in the nucleon like here's a bag of money for you like here's a here's a shiny bag of energon credits but yeah like like i said again this is this is also one i'm glad you picked this one like i like talking about it it's it's one of my favorite issues of all time cool all right. Well, then I guess I guess that wraps things up. Right. So if if anybody has any comments, questions and or concerns, they can reach us at fanholespodcast at Gmail dot com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Transformers Tuesdays, you can direct download them at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Sweet. So this is Mike signing off. This is Derek. Derek WC. So. Uh, <laughs> All right. See you guys. More than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons, the Transformers. Autobots in disguise. The Transformers. More than meets the eye. The Transformers. It's like, uh, it's like, we can save Derek, but we will also have to bring back gingivitis. <laughs> Everybody's looking all grumpy Do and it. shit. Do it. <laughs> the title card for this issue should be that the image, but on the loose leaf it says like fan holes, like but upside down or something. <laughs> With the backward S's. <laughs>